0: We have a whole squad that can really hoop and get the job done. got to win win. It's simple, simple, simple for us. The first team ever in the 74-year history of the NBA to come back from being down 3-1 twice in the same playoffs.
1: Nuggets down one into Murray. Here we go.
0: Ten seconds. Murray to Jokic. Jokic.
1: What's up, everybody, and welcome back to another episode of the Chicken Nuggets podcast with... Me, your host, Jenna Garcia. You can follow everything I do at Vita Viva Diva on Twitter, Instagram, TikTok. They basically hate me on there. <laughs> at least if you're yeah. a Sixers fan, they hate you hate me on TikTok.
0: Wait, um, they hate you?
1: I don't know, because I was talking about Joel Embiid not being the MPP. Oh my God. You're, you're still on this. <laughs> I am always going to be on it, because... Oh, my God. Just, welcome to the show, Riley, first of all. Secondly it's Joel Embiid will win the MVP next year or the year after that or the year after that. But this year was your Nikola Jokic's year. It's the one year I'll get to talk this much shit. It's the only time.
0: So salty still. Well, See, there's going to be a lot of salt in this
1: episode. We might as well be in the Pacific ocean because the L- Nuggets lose to the Lakers last night, Riley. And I could just hear you being like, oh boy, all the saltiness for this episode. Because I, I, of course, I hate it when the Nuggets lose to the Lakers. They always seem to do this, especially when it comes to a national stage, which they had last night on ESPN. It's
0: infuriating
1: and a game without LeBron. You really thought, well, timeout. LeBron was a minus 17 the last time he played against the Nuggets. So I don't know.
0: True. True. I don't know. It's kind of nice not having to hear him bitch after the game. Yeah,
1: but you got to hear Anthony Davis bitch the entire time.
0: He literally mm-hmm. talked shit
1: and like hit his chest and shit after he complained to supposedly Facundo Campazo mm-hmm. can shove the seven foot Anthony Davis flying across the floor. I mean, I know you saw it, Riley. It's just I it's know. pitiful.
0: So it's me up. It just shows exactly how soft Anthony Davis is. The softest big man in the league. By far, not even close.
1: We should just start calling him the Pillsbury Doughboy.
0: Because- it's, it's sad because he has such a great talent and so much skills, but he is the softest dude ever. Like grow up, be tough. You're seven foot, dude. Own it. Right. But he whines and complains
1: and gets everything he wants, including at two minutes and six seconds is when Facundo Compasso supposedly collided with Anthony Davis, so much so that he would fly up in the air. The issue is, if you watch it on replay and you slow it down, it's just you, absolutely preposterous. His arms flail in a direction that they shouldn't be going, so that's how you know he's flopping. And he just makes such a big ordeal about it. And afterwards you see Compasso over there, like go up to him and like, say like, you know, that wasn't a foul, right? And they're like laughing about it. He's like, ha ha, yeah, bro. I'm like, ha ha, nothing. That's three points. It would have been 1991. It 1991. They would have had an opportunity to close out that game. Ha
0: ha, nothing. That's absolutely right. I just think that, um, well, I'm just glad that Anthony Davis is in Hollywood because now he can go act professionally. For some movies with that kind of acting it's a perfect fit for him really
1: it really is yeah hopefully he'll get some cameos out there but they might ask him to shave the brow and he's definitely not willing to do it it's not about not about to happen still hasn't happened i'm honestly surprised that it hasn't happened And it might be the only thing I actually respect Anthony Davis about because him not falling into that peer pressure is so unlike him. The game, I'm clearly frustrated about how it went down. I don't think that every single time the Nuggets lose, it's because of the referees. I mean, this game was rough. They struggled in the second quarter. The first quarter was slow really slow for both teams, really low scoring. The Nuggets barely outscore them in that first quarter. They lose the second and the third quarter and then barely win the fourth by one point. Um, Malone said after the game that he felt like they really just, they had good stuff, but they couldn't get it going for a while. My biggest takeaway was watching MPJ. At the end of the first half, they kind of, they I forget why the camera, um, hand at mpj and somebody else was bringing the ball up the court and mpj's face just was like no don't pass me the ball like in the first half he had he was like one for four he'd only had a few attempts um wasn't scoring like he normally scores they really shut him down and it it might just be one of those games he has to learn like he had to live through it to learn because fourth quarter mpj and even what he came out after the The halftime, he came out much more aggressive. Um, But maybe he just has to get through it because then in the fourth quarter, he was shooting over guys and hitting big shots. And he, you know, we all know he can make those shots. It's just a matter of confidence. And he did not look confident going into that half.
0: Yeah, I think that just comes from playing the Lakers a few times. Now they kind of know how to defend Michael Porter Jr. But then after the first half, he figured out what he needs to do to get his shots up and be confident, even though they found another way to defend him. So I think that was just um, Michael Porter Jr. being young and realizing that teams are going to defend him different ways than he used to be defended because now he's such an offensive threat. Um, but I'd rather him figure out now and not the playoffs.
1: Yeah that's true and I'm glad that he had like some good competition they they're a very good defensive team I was so pissed the the total points total set for that game was 213 and I was yeah. like I my gut feeling my first reaction I was like you go under because well it opened at 220 moved to 218 and then dropped to 213 and had it been 220 I definitely take the under had it been 218 I definitely take the under but turn drops to 213 and i'm thinking like oh my god it's so low i don't know maybe take the over that's just so low but these teams really are really good defensively over their last five games the nuggets have been like had a like 101 defensive rating which has been crazy um the lakers have the best defense in the league so i wasn't surprised when i saw the low scoringness uh, this low scoring game that was produced by these two teams but It also goes into the fact that the Nuggets only shot seven for 25 from three point range throughout that game. It's really bad from, from deep. Where do you think the Nuggets are going to get their reinforcements? Because it can't just be all MPJ. Otherwise teams know they don't have to guard anybody else on the floor.
0: Yeah. um, This was actually one of the the rare games that I feel like their offensive struggled because normally it's just their defense. Um, honestly, I think it was a combination of things. I think it was a combination of just not hitting your shots. And that happens. That happens. And But I do, the Aaron Gordon only having five points, not acceptable. Um, I think P.J. Dozier going down was big, you know, how I feel about that. He's always at least plus 10 in every game. Um, so obviously I think that affects the team a lot. And I also think the absence of Paul Millsap has a big effect on the game because no, I don't think he should be starting, but his leadership from the bench just plays a huge role. And that could be just giving people confidence and telling them, keep shooting the ball or you got this, you make this all the time. And just those little things that, you know, him as a leader brings to the team, um, Hopefully by the playoffs, Millsap, Dozier, and Monte will all be back because they all bring pluses for the team on the court and off the court. Um, Those are leaders. Those are um, guys who could lock down a little bit on defense. Uh, I just think the absence of those guys affected a lot this game, and I think the Lakers just took advantage of it.
1: He was absolutely missed uh last night he's been phenomenal as of late playing like his old self even playing some really great defense um, out there the Aaron Gordon situation is interesting because he's when he's on the court they're better they barely lose since the trade even since the Aaron Gordon trade they haven't lost he's doing things that that obviously we're not seeing on the box score and the one thing that they really need though, I think that is missing from Aaron Gordon's responsibility is that he does need to be one of those guys that's scoring often. And unfortunately, he's really struggled to finish around the rim. He has not had a very good offensive outing as of in the last several games, in his last several. Um, only putting up one rebound against the Clippers was absolutely crazy to me. Either you're, you have way too much defensive responsibility or you're not doing your job out there. And that might be very well be the case against the Clippers. And I thought it would be the case against the Lakers. He goes out and gets a bunch of rebounds against the Lakers. Instead, I only know because I bet the under on his rebound total. And he went over, so (laughs) goes out and gets a bunch of rebounds against the Lakers. He's doing some stuff out there, but it does feel like his offense needs to be more incorporated into the game. I'm not sure if it's just a matter of time. Like we only have so much time and so many possessions that can be run by MPJ and Jokic, but deathly painful as a Nuggets fan to watch PJ Dozier go down. He was actually... I'm pretty sure it was in the their last home game, which would have been against Toronto. Yeah, I'm pretty sure Kyle Lowry tapped him in the balls, like hit him in the balls in that Toronto game. I'm not pretty I'm positive. I, I've watched him go down with like, he was grabbing it like, like all guys do when they get hit there. He was grasping for air, holding himself. And then last night, it was a groin injury, kind of in that same place. I don't know if they're tied to each other, but seems like they are attached. Just saying.
0: <laughs> it
1: was horrible. I thought he just got hit in the dick again, but he went all the way down, doesn't get up. And I was like, man, it must really hurt like to get hit there. But then they, they say it ends up being a groin injury killer for this team right now with everything else they're going through now no uh the guards you know they're really missing guards and I think at some point earlier in the season we were like well they traded away all their bigs now and now we have too many guards and um thank god we have all those extra guards because they are needed in this situation the Nuggets have a tough upcoming schedule right they face the Knicks tomorrow Cinco de Mayo here in Denver and then they go to Utah for a game on Friday and then come back to Denver, which is nice. It's not that far away. Yes, you are technically on the road, but Utah, you know, you could drive there from here. So they won't. They'll fly.
0: Hours. Hours. (laughs) Hours. (laughs) Hours to Rocky Mountains.
1: Right, but they're going to fly to Utah for a one-nighter and then come back to Denver. Uh, to take on the Nets on Saturday. And that's how they close out this week before they kind of have those easy four games on the road to wrap up the regular season. Sorry, Hornets fans.
0: Okay. No need to dig. I said the last three are pretty easy.
1: Okay, the last three.
0: <laughs> um. Yeah, I think, I think Utah and Brooklyn are going to really tell us where they're at depending on the health of a few of our guys um if they do play majority healthy which i'd love to see um we'll get a good grasp of what they need to do better what they already do great um so i'm really excited to watch i know friday is a is a prime time game so i'm excited to see that and then brooklyn brooklyn it depends on who Brooklyn is going to put on the court. So we'll see who's actually going to be playing. I wouldn't be surprised if all three of their guys are going to be out, their stars, but we'll see. Um, and then, uh, yeah, and then I'll get to be there for the Charlotte game when they're in Charlotte. And I'm pretty excited for that, to be able to see Jokic and come to Charlotte and play well. Um, and then lastly, they should round up fine. Uh, right now, placement in the playoffs is essential. Um, it's really, I think, going to beat the difference. Um, yeah, make sure. But you- I think it's okay. At this point, we just don't want anyone else injured. That's really, we clinched a playoff spot. So that's good. But we, we can't afford any more injuries at this point.
1: Yeah, that's 100% true. Um, when the Nuggets go to Charlotte though, you know, that way that since they're in town, you can give the PR guy all the, you know, my Charlotte gear that you're going to send home, like a hat and a, that hoodie that you're wearing right now looks pretty nice. <laughs> um, no, the injury situation is definitely like the biggest issue. Cause like we mentioned, Malone doesn't always work well on the fly. He's done pretty well over this last, like losing Jamal might've been the hardest thing that he's ever had to overcome as a coach because that's your second guy he relied on Jamal so much and it's not like how he relied on Torrey Craig or how he relied on relies on Monte Morris it's totally different because it's Jamal um and he is the second best player on this team and he he does bring a lot to the table so I I'm impressed with how well they've done since the loss of Jamal I was actually just looking up and since losing Jamal on the 12th of April which you know, we have holy days as Nuggets fans, and that would be our cursed day as a Nuggets fan. Um, but since then, the Nuggets are sixth in offensive rating with a 115 offensive rating. The Knicks actually coming into town tomorrow. Not going to be an easy game. Best offensive since April 12th. Best offensive rating in the league goes to the New York Knicks. So and I don't even care. It doesn't bother me to say, it, you know, because they've been bad for so long. It's like, yeah, we might as well. Shout them out when they're good because it's rare.
0: You gotta feel good a little bit for the Knicks because it's been a long time. And I rather the Knicks than Brooklyn. Right. And since
1: that day, the Nuggets have had a 108.9 defensive rating, putting them at sixth best in the league. Utah has the best defense since that date. The Warriors, Wizards, Pelicans, and Sixers are ahead of the Nuggets in defensive rating since the loss of Jamal Murray not the Lakers though Lakers might have the best defense in the league on a whole as the season as the whole season but um since the loss of Jamal Murray on the 12th their defensive rating has gone down they're 12th right now so a good game from LA last night they're able to string together a couple of crappy calls to so swing in their favor and they kept up with the nuggets throughout the entire game. So it were ended up panning out in their favor and the nuggets take the L they remain in the three seed though, for the playoffs right now, the way it looks Riley is that um, we would be facing the Dallas Mavericks and Luka Doncic. Yeah. So I know at the beginning of the season, we started off and and I was shocked and surprised at your claim that the Mavericks were going to not only be better than the Nuggets, but that Luka was going to win the MVP. I put money on Luka too, so I can't give you too much shit about it. But now that they might potentially face up here in the first round, what are you thinking about that matchup?
0: Uh, It's an interesting matchup. Um, My problem with it for Denver is... Denver's closer is Jamal and has always been Jamal, especially playoff time. When it comes to these two teams and if it gets down to the last seconds of a nitty gritty game, it's scary to know that Luke is on the other team because we've seen him be clutch. He has that blood in him. That scares me. It also scares me, even though they were low seed last year, how well they performed. Um, it wouldn't be an easy first round matchup. I mean, I don't think any team in the West would really give an easy first round matchup. But I don't know. It's it's better than the Lakers because um, there's a possibility that they'd have to play them, um, mm-hmm. depending on where they land. So it'll be interesting. I like the matchup, but I think it'd be a it'd be a longer series than I think either of us would want it to be. Yeah.
1: Yeah, if the Lakers fall to the sixth seed, then that's who the Nuggets will take on. I'm I'm fairly sure that the Nuggets will remain in the three seed for the rest of the season to close it out. Um, I think they'd have to lose too many games to move down at this point. Um, and I think that Dallas is a good team, but I don't think they're the team we thought they were going to be, not so much because of Luka Doncic, but a lot of Porzingis, just what his output has been this season too. But I will say, yes, in the playoffs last year, Jamal Murray definitely took a leap as the closer for this Nuggets team, but it was the regu- in the regular season, it was always Nikola Jokic. He had the buzzer beater against the Sixers. He had one against the Timberwolves or um he's had a few buzzer beaters I definitely remember the Sixers one I I think it was the Timberwolves he had one against he after the Sixers game I think he went back to back and had one against Memphis as well so you you have Nikola Jokic you do still have him to be your closer I think that he can go toe-to-toe with Luka he Mm. has fun he has a good time playing
0: what I think Luca is, is a good bit up the list of closing closing games. Um, yeah, yeah I put him on my top five closers right now in the NBA. So that's just good. But here's my thing. If they go against the Mavericks, what the Mavericks has basically showed the NBA this season is after Luca, they're really up and down on their role players. And if so, I would try, if I was going to this year's being coached the goal is to slow down Luca and make other guys beat you and I think if you come up with a solid game plan for that they'll be fine
1: yeah yeah and I think that that's where Denver kind of wins in that matchup is the fact that they do have some depth (laughs) it's working against them at this point because it is um they've run through all of their players, basically. So their depth might not be as deep as they used to be since they're using those guys on a regular basis right now. But um, I definitely think that it's a better matchup than the Lakers in the first round. Right now, with that win, actually, that win moved LA to the fifth seed, making forcing them to play the Clippers first round, which I really genuinely don't believe the league wants. <laughs> I think the league probably wants both LA teams in the final because those are big markets and they make big money. More people watch those games. Um, And this is a business. So that's kind of what they're hoping for. But I think it would be awesome for LA and LA to go against each other in the first round. Uh, Because I don't think the Clippers are there yet. I don't, I, with LeBron, the Lakers are there, but I feel like it's a really even fight right now. Without LeBron in the on
0: LA, I feel like the wait. Lakers are still. Even when LeBron came back, it wasn't. It wasn't the same. I um I've definitely like have gone down on how I feel about the Lakers making the finals now. Paused
1: or gone down on, and I was really excited for your answer. In this. <laughs> Jesus,
0: yeah. well, I just, I've after watching um, the past couple of weeks of the Laker games, they really don't look that good. They really don't look that good. Um, and being this close to the playoffs, that's if I'm a Laker fan, I'm, I'm a little worried about that because of how good some of these teams are in the West. So I just don't think no matter what round it is, and if LeBron comes back, they're a guarantee anymore.
1: I will tell you something Riley there was a time in my life where I bet against LeBron even when I thought he had a crappy team uh, over there in Cleveland even when I thought there was no way he's getting through Steph and Clay and KD and he did work so even when until he proves me wrong because so well I mean he proved me wrong then and so until then until the time when he doesn't successfully carry his team through the playoffs, I just refused to bet against him because I lost a lot of money and a lot of pride that time <laughs> I lost that game, uh, that series. So yeah, I mean, I agree with you. I don't think they look great. I think they're really good defensively. I love the, the like wired sessions that ESPN does where they mic up, um, Frank Vogel because I swear he just says everything cliche there is to say during his timeouts he's like yeah don't forget to make the extra pass and D up and I'm like you're saying nothing of value to these people that already know how to play this game like I just would have expected like maybe more scheming from him and the off their offense struggles you they scored barely 90 points last night you know nuggets too so There was a lot of good defense being played. I think that's probably their forte. I don't know if that Lakers Clippers series would be entertaining um, without LeBron in it. I don't know that other than the rivalry within crosstown rivalry, but at this point you have Memphis and San Antonio playing the 10 and nine, nine and 10 seed. Whoever wins between them in the play in tournament would take on whoever wins between Portland and Golden State, who are the seven and eight seed. The winner of Portland and Golden State will actually play Phoenix in um, the first round. And then the loser will play whoever loses between Memphis and San Antonio. And the winner, whoever wins between Memphis and San Antonio, plays Utah in the first round. That's how that would pan out right now. Um... I love that Portland has to face Golden State because Golden State's been playing amazing Uh, now all of a sudden in recent time that basically carried by on the back of Steph Curry and that could potentially kick Portland out. And I don't really want to see Portland in the playoffs. I think I've seen them enough over the last few years in the playoffs to feel good
0: about that. (laughs) Portland was on the same level as Denver this season.
1: Okay, there are a good constituent of people who believe that that statement is still true. There are, let's be honest. There are people out there who still have Damian Lillard in the MVP race and his name in that pot. Last night I, I heard that Westbrook should be in the MVP race because of how many triple doubles he had or whatever his high scoring game was the other night. I watched the highlights from that game The Wizards are playing great basketball. They're Like I said, they're one of the top teams uh, for defensive rating in their last month of play. So, yes, the Wizards are playing good, but I still don't think the Wizards are good, right? Portland's been playing good this season as of late as
0: well, and people think that they are a good team. They're not a good team. Portland's not a good team. I will say the Washington Wizards have gotten pretty scary for teams in the East because – they're more than likely going to be that plan and working for Charlotte. We're looking like we're going to be an eight seed, So they're going to be looking at a plan. And I can tell you right now, the one team I don't want to face is the Wizards. Um, Westbrook is phenomenal. He has been very phenomenal. But again, we both agree. Nicole Jokic should run away with it this year. Um, but I don't think Portland – If I had Portland or Washington, which one I think will do better in the playoffs, I'm definitely picking Washington. Yeah. Um, Portland just is not there. I don't think they're that good. I think they're catching teams on the back end of their seasons and picking up some wins. Um, So that's kind of my hot take on it.
1: Yeah. That could very well be the case. The Wizards play so fast, dude. Watching their highlights, I was like, what? Where'd the ball go? Like, it's like, it's such a fast game it actually is really fun to watch. Um, they're kind of sneakily becoming a really fun team to watch. And I know they've been the butt of the joke for a while now in the NBA, and just in general with their big contracts and stuff, but they really do um, they really do have a nice little offense kind of formulating over there. I think that's smart of Charlotte not to want to face them in the, that play in tournament or in the first round. Yeah, Charlotte's looking like they're going to match up against Boston in that play in tournament. And then the winner of that game would take on Brooklyn in the first round at this point. Uh, what are you feeling like your hopes for Charlotte are getting out of that play in tournament and heading to the first round?
0: I don't like the Boston matchup either, to be honest. Um, you know, I'm just, I'm pretty proud that um, Charlotte would make the playoffs because I didn't think so prior to this season but they have a lot of heart and they're just super young and still figuring out a lot of things and this Lamelo has been incredible and just a light of Charlotte so honestly I'm just I'm just really happy at where they're at and kind of their heart this whole season on making the playoffs it's, it's proved a lot to me so I like it
1: it's definitely a big jump for the Bob, for the Bobcats for the Hornets <laughs> um, a big jump since last season I don't think anybody had the, Horn, uh, the Hornets in their their playoffs in any kind of way or capacity even thinking that they are capable of beating out Boston the one team from the east I think nobody wants to see is that Philly team that Brooklyn team other than that it seems like the it's going to be a west coast winner how confident are you that it's going to be the western conference again winning an nba title
0: this year i'm not that confident um i think you miss a big team here and that's the milwaukee bucks um actually was at their game when they played charlotte last week so i got to see that right right from the bottom row and um that team looks good right now i like the way they're playing I like how they're finally figuring out these role players around Giannis. They seem to have a good thing brewing. I'm not scared of Philly, and I'm not scared of Houston. To, I mean, not Houston, of Brooklyn. Um, i scared of Houston. <laughs> no one's scared. Um, Brooklyn, like I've always said, there's no chemistry there. Lots of egos. Things are going to clash in the playoffs. I'm just not confident on that team at all. I also think that Philly, Um, one, Embiid's health. I want to see if he can make a full playoff run. And two, I just think at the end of the day, like I've said since day one, and we'll continue to say until he can finally make a jump shot, that not having Ben Simmons as a shooting threat is going to kill Philly when it comes playoff time. It just will. It clogs up the middle. It's not good, and it's gonna put even more pressure on Embiid to fill in the offense. Um so I'm not scared of Philly either. I wouldn't be surprised if we have another sneaker in the East. Um, Boston wouldn't surprise me as a sneak because when Kemba's on and Kemba is playing, that is a very hard team to beat. Um, it really comes down to Kemba. He is the X factor of this whole team. If Kemba plays how we everyone knows Kemba can play, Boston could easily come out of the East. Um I am also wouldn't be surprised about if I saw the Heat not being biased, but it's just, I think, um, after coming off last season, lots of in- injuries, long season, coming right back, um, still figuring things out like that, but I saw them play Saturday night against the Hornets, and um, they're a physical team, and they're going to knock you around, and they're going to make you play just an ugly basketball game, and – I think that's always a thing in the playoffs. Like, who could get down and dirty? Who's going to get on the floor first? Those things factor in more than the regular season. So I wouldn't I wouldn't be surprised if Miami made another run at it. Um, and I wouldn't be surprised if a team won, an Eastern Conference team won the NBA Finals because um, as good as the West is, The East has the potential as well in the star power. Um, So I'm not counting them out quite yet. Yeah.
1: Well, I don't know if that's totally fair not to count the East out. I don't know that there's a team that could really get past some of these Western Conference teams. You have the Philly at 44 and 21, and they're the first seed in in the East. The Nuggets are 43 and 22, and they're the third seed in the West. So they're definitely a weaker conference. I think historically it's been pretty much Western Conference lately. Um, I
0: was trying to look it up. I was about to say you said lately, and I, was, I thought you were just gonna say historically the Western Conference. I'm like, oh no, Eastern. It's historically historically
1: well let's try to keep it to like the most recent years we're not talking about the 80s when boston ruled or whatever like the 70s let's talk let's talk recent mba all right except for the cleveland cavaliers it in basically except for lebron
0: you have it's true yeah, it is. But wins in two thousand sixteen. Cleveland and Miami—that's right. the East. Because LeBron was there, so still an East. Only reason you can't say, "Oh, LeBron," so that's not the East. It is the East. You're just being biased to the West.
1: No, I'm saying that except for Kawhi Leonard and his Toronto Raptors in 2019, it's all been LeBron or Western Conference, leading all the way back to 2008.
0: LeBron. Do not fill this man's ego bigger than it already is. LeBron is not his own section of a conference. It's You're the- telling me those Heat teams would have won. No, I'm not telling you that, but I'm also telling you that the Lakers wouldn't have won last year without LeBron either.
1: True, but it still would have been a Western Conference team.
0: I don't know about that. Hmm, would have been the Denver Nuggets. <clears throat> I don't know. <laughs> All I'm saying is it's an East and a West. And uh, it's not that big of a difference in championships the past year. Well, we'll they see. The regular season, 100%. But guess what? Who cares about the regular season? We're talking about championships.
1: Yeah, that's true. We're talking about championships, and there's more in the Western Conference than they are in the East in the last 10 years. And the ones that are in the East all have LeBron's name on them.
0: Oh my. That's, God. Two eyes. that's like saying all the ones in the 90s, only Michael Jordan. He gets his own category. All the ones in the '80s is only Larry Bird in that Celtics team. No, it's the East and the West. It's not a player. We're not giving a player that much credit ever. The NBA is a league with two. They companies. always give players that much credit. Literally, I'm not giving them a four part series on Michael Jordan's time in his championships in the '90s. All I'm saying is I'm not giving anybody including my beloved Michael Jordan, his own section, because it's the East and the West, and the NBA is their own league. And I'm definitely not giving it to LeBron, because I don't want to hear his mouth one more time.
1: LeBron actually has a little bit of controversy around him lately. It seems like people are less pleased with him, regularly pleased. I think he typically thinks that he wakes up and life is like most people are on my side in this world. Because that's how I felt. Like, wow, everyone's a LeBron fan, like for the majority of my lifetime. But recently he's ruffling some feathers, not going so well. News about him not becoming not getting vaccinated comes out. He's one of only two people on that Lakers roster. And he was not happy about that information getting out. Um,
0: Of course he's not. He controls, he tries to control everything. And I could tell you over here from the East, people are dropping like flies on the LeBron bandwagon. This man has talked too much, too much. He needs to shut his freaking mouth and get healthy and play basketball. It is, it's gone overboard. I mean, just the other night, he's cussing in the press conference about the play-in and that person person, get should get fired. Hey, LeBron, not everyone just has a guaranteed job. And you're talking about someone's life and their family and everything. And you just make a command that they have to get fired. What the hell do you think you are? Another thing, like, sorry, buddy, your team's in the play-in. I don't know what to tell you that they could be in the play You wouldn't be bitching about it if you weren't in it. That sounds like a your team problem. I don't want to hear it. I want you to play the game, and that's it. Every time someone doesn't go LeBron's way, he's bitching. I'm tired of the bitching. I'm <laughs> tired of the bitching. I'm falling low, too, on the bandwagon. And don't get me wrong. I love LeBron's game. He's my second greatest player of all time and everything like that. But his mouth is going to ruin his reputation and his liking if he doesn't learn to shut the F up.
1: Maybe he doesn't want to. Maybe he doesn't care if he's liked or not because he wants to genuinely change the world. But I think the- He's He's teaching people to bitch. The comments on, you know, the play-in tournament, I thought, I think really pull back the curtain a little bit on just how much power he has because he thinks it's okay to say that person should be fired straight out the gate when clearly the play in tournament has brought a lot of, um, a lot of excitement to fans. A lot of fans find the play in tournament exciting. The fact that it's a one and done, I think is interesting. I kind of wish they, you know, didn't, I don't think they needed to do it with like the seven and eight seed. They probably could have just done it with the nine and 10 seed and given it a you know, whatever, that's what it is. But to have four teams participate in a play-in tournament on both sides of the bracket and then go into the playoffs sounds pretty fun to me, I, but I like watching basketball, you know, and I don't want to cakewalk on my way there if I'm a team. And I don't think the Denver Nuggets, Michael Malone commented on, on the play-in tournament a little bit. He said he didn't love the format. He preferred the format they did in the bubble last year, but he agrees that it brings a lot of excitement to the to the game and to the NBA and people are going to tune in and watch those games. And if they don't tune in and watch those games, then maybe that person does get fired. But it shouldn't definitely shouldn't be up for LeBron to say that uh, open and outwardly to the whole world, just like a command, because it did sound like a command. And I thought that that was revealing a little bit too much about how much control he has about what (laughs) within the NBA and what goes on. And I mean, it's, it is a player's league. They have a lot of control, but you know, you also don't have to, you don't have to come at it from that kind of perspective or angle. Go if they fall into the play in
0: tournament, I will laugh so hard. He is not the president of the NBA. He does not. Sure. Go make, go make calls. Like he's been doing his whole career for an organization, but he is not making calls for the NBA. He's out of line. And the biggest thing that bothered LeBron after that third straight loss and realizing they might have to be in the play-in tournament is that fear of failure. It gets him rattled like no other. <laughs> that if he lost to that, what's that going to do to me? What's that going to do to my legacy? What are people going? to That man was rattled after that. After seeing what it's done to his team, so well, his team I- been good.
1: That's the thing is like, well, the Lakers have basically fallen ass backwards into LeBron and AD gotten both those guys to, to with their appeal of where they are located in the city they're in, get these two guys and then have to fill the rest of the roster out with a bunch of scrubs and without LeBron carrying them, they can't do it, which is what I've been saying even since way back in that Cavs year in whatever year that was that I lost that big um, bet. I think it was 2016, to be correct. Um, and I just think that he, sure, maybe he was rattled, but I, just because his name doesn't say President Rye, doesn't necessarily mean he doesn't have that kind of power. And I think that the NBA has maybe allowed it to go on a little bit too long, where they're a lot, you know, this power exists, he definitely has more power than we want to want to accept or recognize but he doesn't have the title necessarily that goes with that power because it's supposed to be this behind the curtain thing and he keeps kind of showing the world that it's not that he does have a lot of control you better believe that if lebron doesn't like something the nba is going to change the way they do it because lebron brings in a lot of money for them and that's just matter of fact for for this re- for, for this league it's a superstar league and a lot of people like LeBron now that people are falling off that bandwagon and maybe stick to some of the te- their home teams that's my biggest pet peeve in the NBA is that like nobody sticks to their home team over there
0: though it's a players' league. So yes people follow players in the NBA more than any other sport because it is such a players league they also have the power and that's the problem though for me. They have so much power. They have so much of egos in the NBA that the whole point of sports and teams and bringing a city together has changed in the NBA. And don't get me wrong. I'm the biggest NBA person ever. You see, I'm wearing an NBA sweatshirt right now. I work in the NBA. I love the NBA. It's just different than every other sports league and it'd be nice to see the NBA kind of put their foot down. And I, I agree. It's, it's nice to see people falling off the LeBron bandwagon. And a, a lot of people I know want to see LeBron lose this playoff. And normally that's not the case. No,
1: that's not.
0: And So I'm happy to see it. Not going to lie.
1: Right. And yes, it is a player's league. I agree with you. That's why I said it. It's a player's league. But the distribution amongst of power amongst those players is like 90% LeBron and then like Chris Paul and whoever else runs the NBA PA, like players union or whatever. But other than that, like, I think the distribution of power amongst the elite, the top players, a lot of, maybe too much power has been given to that superstar. But amongst all players, I think it's po- a positive thing that the, the NBA as an entire league does feel like they can empower their players on a, on a bigger scale than other team other leagues do without them getting to that scale of like the LeBrons and the Katie's and the Chris Paul's and the Kyrie's of the league, right. Who clearly feel like they have too much power. I think that's definitely an issue. Jokic on the other hand might be the MVP, but he has, although I'll say he got a lot of, he got the MVP treatment last night. He wasn't getting called. He was in the ref space arguing and didn't get a technical. I definitely thought there was a couple moments where he could have gets a little bit of MVP treatment, but as far as, Player power and control of what happens in the league. I don't think Nikola Jokic is participating in any sort of. No,
0: that man is is the standard. That man <laughs> is the gold standard, and that's why I love him, and why he deserves MVP this season. Hundred percent, he earned it every single game.
1: Absolutely. Well, right. It's always fun catching up with you. We'll be back in touch after this Knicks game, which I don't suspect to be easy. Utah game, which I don't suspect to be easy. Brooklyn Nets game, which I don't expect to be easy. Uh, next week after that, um, actually, and then they'll play the Lakers. No, no, we'll, play, we'll talk before or after they play Charlotte um, that evening with you in, next Tuesday in Charlotte. So we'll get an inside scoop behind that Charlotte Hornets game with the Nuggets there in Charlotte since Riley will be there in person definitely want to tune into that episode and tune into uh the chicken nuggets grilled which will come out on thursday this week and that episode is going to be really fun it is a behind the scenes look at the draft and teams who have currently been tanking in the nba and how that's changed really uh strategies for teams across the nba moving forward so that's a really fun interview with jake fisher that you can check out on thursday Thanks for listening, guys, and we'll be back with another episode next week. Talk to you then.